If you have your Bibles, turn to John, the Gospel of John, and we're going to be looking at the signs of Jesus. On this particular day, we're going to look at the second sign that is revealed about the one that we serve, about the one that we love, about the one that gives us our our hope for now and for eternity. Last Sunday, we started looking at these signs, and the first thing we looked at, just to give you a little review, is that Jesus is the Logos behind the cosmos. And that Logos, remember, was what the Greeks came up with, which was a, um, a word to define that which was behind creation. They knew something was behind creation, but they didn't know what it was. So they gave much of their time to trying to figure out through philosophy and mind, mind work to think, who is this or what is this? behind creation and the order that it established. And they came up the word logos to define that, whoever that was or whatever that is behind uh, creation. So when we get to the first part of John, it says, and the logos, uh, in the English it's defined or written as word, so that the word logos became flesh and dwelt among us. So John was speaking to the philosophers and that thought of the Greek culture in that day that I know who the Logos is. He put on an earth suit and dwelt among us and his name is Jesus. So he introduced Jesus to this culture hungry to find the the true meaning behind all of life. So that's what we looked at last week. Talks about he put on flesh, sarks, and the definition of that is a temple tabernacle or a tent, if you will, that he put on this earth tent, Jesus, God himself, put on this earth tent and lived among us, taught us about the Father, and did some amazing things that the scriptures are full of. We'll, we'll look at some of those today. We learned that in Jesus that all things, everything created was created through him. He is life, he is light that dispels darkness, and he says he gave all, to all who would receive him the right to be called children of God. He gave that right to anyone who would receive this message by faith to be able to be a part of his family to be called children of God. The second thing we looked at last week is that Jesus controls all of the elements of creation. When he designed them, he designed them with order and that order runs Uh, by his power all the time and it doesn't always uh, change but once in a while when Jesus was around there were the elements would actually change but for his use for his purpose we were studying about how the water turned into wine he took that which was common and touched it and turned it into something significant for that family we talked about it being a $40,000 gift on that day to turn that, those six water jars into the best wine. And how the Lord has that where when he was walking. Remember the stories when he was walking on water. Now water normally will not hold you up, correct? But when Jesus was walking on it, the, the elements of water uh, changed itself for a purpose to give him platform of which to stand. All elements are under his control. He created them. And he still manages them on the regular basis. And they also function at his word to, to accomplish his will. We saw that when uh, 
There were five loaves and two fishes. Remember that? The elements of bread and fish and how he blessed that and it fed over 5,000 men plus their family. And if you'll remember reading the story that there were 12 baskets full at the end of that work when, God, when Jesus said he just blessed it and he began to multiply it. We found it when he saw blind people and he, he did different things to different blind folks but every, every time it occurred, vision returned to those. He saw, we saw lame people who were able to get up and walk and we saw demon-possessed people when the Lord spoke to that demon to release them, immediately that demon obeyed. Even the dark world, the demonic world, obeyed the voice and the command of Jesus, the signs of Jesus. The bottom line is, and what we learned last week, is that we need to bring our common water, bring our commonness, put it into the container where where uh, whatever's in the situation, I think the container just defines the situation of every day. Bring your common and put it into God's container and let him do something with it that turns it into a supernatural kind of power, a supernatural kind of work. We're to represent Jesus, right? Every day. We're to, we're to represent Jesus every day, Lonnie. Me and you are the only one that could believe that. The scripture says it right in here that we're ambassadors and that we are to represent him. And if we represent him by continuing in our sickness, our disease, our sin sickness, our bondages, we're not representing him well. We're representing the power of this world. So the, the, the church is a hospital and should always be a hospital for those who are broken, sick, damaged, wounded, Away from God, they should be able to come here and find refuge, find hope, to find the answer. But I'll tell you this, after a season, under the healing of God's word in our life, we are not to remain in our disease, our sickness, our lostness, our bondages. If we do, it's by our choice, not by God's will. The church, to be a representative of Christ, must be well must be healthy, must be full of his spirit, must have an anointing of Christ on us to, to do the things the Lord would tell us to do in any certain situation with a complete faith that he will fulfill what he asks of us. Are you here? Okay, all right. Today I want us to look at what we have to do if we want to find the healing of Jesus. In John chapter 4, we're looking at the second sign that John reveals about Jesus. I'm going to start in verse 43. We're going to read through chapter 5 a little ways down to like 15. So stay with me here. After the two days, he was in Samaria and it took him, he had to travel uh, two days, probably 25 miles. He left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that, that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they had been there also. Once more, he visited Cana, that's where we talked about last week, in Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee of Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal my son who was very close to death. 
Jesus said this word, unless you people, he was talking to the Jews here, see miraculous signs and wonders, you'll never believe. The royal official said it, that didn't slow him down. He said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word. Would you mark that in your Bible? That line, the man took Jesus at his word. When he required us, uh, the man took Jesus at his word, and while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. When the words of Jesus are spoken, when Jesus speaks a word, it has incredible power. He doesn't even have to be in front of you. He just has to have an intention toward you in another city. And he speaks the word. And, it's, and it's at that exact time, his son got better. He, tell, he told this to his whole household. And they all believed. And this is the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. Now I want to go to the second element of healing or the story of healing today in chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, and mark this also in your scripture, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me. When the pool of water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which he, this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well just told me to pick up my mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who had been healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. The first thing I want to tell you to do by this passage today is this. If you would like to get well, because the question of Jesus is also right now, here with you and right here with me. Do you really want to get well? If you'll do the uh, study of the Jesus' life and his miracles, every time he would ask them, what do you want me to do for you? Do you truly wish to be restored? He always asked that before he did any, took any action. Do you really want to get well? I'll talk about it in a minute, why I think that's important. They came to what they knew as a healing location. 
the pool of Beth, Bethesda or Bethsaida. Either, they have both spellings. And Beth means in Scripture house. And the last part of it is, of Bethsaida means kindness and mercy. So they had this place called a house of kindness and mercy that was built around a, a pool of water, probably a fresh spring that had some water that would bubble up in it at times. And it became so famous as a healing location or a place for the blind, the wounded, the deaf, the, the lame. They would, they would come and get under. They built these uh, big towers and a roof over it. So it became kind of like a hospital. And people would come to this place of kindness and healing. And they had a belief that if something would just stir, when the water would stir, that if you could be the first one to get into the pool then you would receive healing. And so that's where they were, a house of kindness. The NIV, as I was studying it, I, I'm reading out of NIV now, it was not found, this passage that I'm about to read you in verse four, so it's not listed in the NIV, but I'm gonna read it because it's in other translations and it says this, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters, the first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease he had. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time discussing that so there, because there's a lot of smart guys who've looked at that little section of Scripture, that verse, and tried to figure out, was this an angel of the Lord? What was, what was really happening at this pool? And so I'm not going to spend time there today just because I have, I think, more important things to tell you. All I can say is that the people had determined there was a healing force associated with getting in that pool. Here's what I want you to focus on with me in this passage. Where was the place this 38-year-old or 38-year invalid, where did he find healing? In this story. If we're not careful, we might think Bethesda, it isn't. He found healing in Jesus. And I need you to really pay attention to that. It was Jesus who healed by his word. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. All healing, and I'm gonna say it without, without doubt in any form of me, that every form of healing that we ever get to experience is through the power of Jesus Christ working. He is the healer. Now, he will use doctors, thank God, for doctors. He will use nurses, thank you, nurses. He will use uh, medicines to treat disease. He will use hospitals that we would call Bethesda. And he'll use all that, and I'm so grateful that he does. But I'm telling you, when healing comes, it flows through Jesus into our life. And I'm so grateful that uh, we know him. You understand we have to give up the right, hear me, to determine the method God will choose to heal us. Give up the right of that. If God wants to, because we're going to pray for some people today for healing. If God wants to send his word, and that healing is, and it says, he tells you specific things, get up and walk. I expect that it's done. If God, if we pray for healing and we don't see that change I, I walk away from that thinking, God, thank you for this healing. I don't know. Don't even care how you're going to do it. I just know you are the healer. So take off the, the fear of us trusting God. 
God knows how to work into every situation his healing. And it's all, it isn't always the way that we think it should be. And we have to give up the right to do that. If you want to be healed, listen, if you wish to be restored, you've got to first come to him. He is the healer. Second thing, deal honestly with this question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to not live in your depression? Do you want to restore your marriage? Do you want the negative, destructive thoughts to stop in your mind? Do you want to have a physical healing of the Lord in your body? Do you want or do you desire to stay 38 years by the place where you're close to healing, but you never get it? Look at how at the uh, invalid, when Jesus asked him that. Well, I'm not able to move, and I can't get anybody to help me. And as I always start to push toward the water, somebody always beats me there. 38 years I've been here. Uh, I want to think, I don't know, it doesn't say it, but I begin to wonder that if initially he really said, I want to get well. But after a while, remember, he now has a mat. He's now been there 38 years, and now he's become comfortable with his disease. Matter of fact, he's begun to be, began to be identified by his ailment. I'm wondering if he had just settled into that's the way it's going to be. You keep coming back to the place where you think there may be healing. People come to church with the hope that that's true. But because many times we bring all kinds of excuses that have been developed into our life for maybe 38 years of being an invalid, that we, don't, we really don't expect him to do anything anymore. And we've gotten pretty comfortable in our weakness and in our sickness and in our disease. A dear lady that I had in a church one time was in constant desperate need. I'm talking about massive, constant need. People, people after people, person after person in the church would listen, sit and listen to her story. They would give her godly counsel. They would pray over her in faith. And uh, the next Sunday, she's in desperate need and finds another person. And this went on and on and on and on until we're, I, I watch folks, good, godly, loving folks, who figured out she really doesn't want to get well. She enjoys the, the attention of the sickness. She's gotten comfortable in her disease. And so the question is, do you really want? No, she didn't want to. She would rather get some sympathy from the people in order, rather than get the healing from Jesus. As far as I know, she's still a troubled person going to somebody else today trying to get some help. Today is different, and you know why? Because Jesus is here. Today is different because Jesus is here. And he's asking you a real personal question right now. Do you want to get healed? Now, if you jump into a lot of excuses, you may have the same idea as the lame man. But the, he's, he's saying to you, would you really like to come out of that bondage? Would you really like to get restored and healed today? 
You see, if our will is to stop living as this invalid, and we hear, and we believe, and we follow Jesus, I tell you, healing follows that. Healing comes through the Lord. If you long to be healed and restored, John is showing us that first of all, you gotta get in the proper place, which is Jesus. You have to deal honestly with the question, do you really wanna be saved? And the third thing, and we, as we bring this down, is this. Hear and obey his message. You've got to hear what Jesus is saying and obey his message. Okay, right now, you have to start listening, not just to my voice, you're gonna to have to start listening to the Spirit of God within you. You say, well, I don't know what that means. Well, I, I understand that. But if you are a born-again child of God, if you went to the, some altar somewhere and you knelt before and you said, God, forgive me for my sin. Take over my life. We don't really know what he did, but he did. He comes in and he takes over. His Holy Spirit is within us. And he says that spirit is the thing that, his spirit is the thing that leads us into the truth. So what I'm saying is, you can listen to what I'm saying because it's important, but I want you to tune now your attention say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because in the midst of hearing his voice and obeying it, healing is released. Hearing his voice and obeying it, healing is released. I want to let you hear a few verses just to support that. Isaiah 53, the Old Testament prophet says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Been thinking about these passages this week as you read down through there. Thinking about this when he was on the cross. You know, I think about him taking sin. But it says he's borne all of our grief. I'm talking all at once. All of the grief, all of our sorrows, all of our diseases. Can you, what, see, I, I hadn't thought about that. In the moment, in an instant, he took on every heart disease, kidney disease, lung disease. He became diseased. I hadn't thought of that. He carried all of that on the cross for us. And we limit it just to spiritual healing. And by the way, that is the most important one because it's eternal. But there are other healings, relational, emotional, that help us to live a life of uh, freedom and abundance here as well. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, underline, we are healed. And I've heard people try to explain it away. But if you look up the definition of healing, it is all made right, made whole, made complete. By his stripes on the cross, we are made complete. Matthew 8, 16. When evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word. He healed all who were sick and all that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So we know it happened in the time of Jesus. Matthew four twenty three, And Jesus went about all Galilee, 
teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Worship team, somebody said it up here. Maybe as Vicky said. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think our science and intellect mind in America has reduced his presence because we feel like if we can't explain it, it's not true. But the Lord says you need to come like a little child. The little child has not figured out all the reasons it can't work. A little child just listens to the one in authority, the father, the mother, and say, jump. You ever do that with your dad? And he's down there and he says, jump. It's a little scary, but you know dad's going to catch you. You come as a little child and believe what he says he's going to do. Brother Calvin, I, there's a passage, I think I've spoken, said it one other time before. I don't know if it ever troubled you, but it troubles me a bit. Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians 2.4. Listen carefully. He said, my message, this is Paul speaking about himself, my message and my preaching were not with wise word and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. When was the last time you expected to come to the house of the Lord to hear a teaching and expect the Lord to do something to demonstrate that? So that your faith might not rest upon men's, upon men's wisdom, but upon God's power. Hear that. That our faith, when this is through, and we bring our stuff before the Lord, and we trust the Lord with it, and he begins to do supernatural things, that all the rest of us have to get way back from that and say, you know, that's God and God alone. That's not some manipulation of a man from a stage. That is the power of God that is revealing himself. To me, if I understand scripture right, this is what the church is to be. To expect, to believe, to plan for. Look at this. Jesus said this real quickly. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At, when, at once that man was cured. He was made complete. He was made whole. He was restored to his original design. He immediately picked up his mat and walked. And then in verse 14 it says, Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning. Stop missing the mark. Stop letting your injury be your definer. Because he's saying staying in his sin was his, was his sin. Staying in his sickness was his sin. He says stop or it's going to get worse for you. Three things that I hear, I'm going to close with this. See if you heard this today. Jesus said stand up. Stand up. You have to take an action toward the question, do you really want to be healed? You have to stand up. There has to be an action taken. Second thing is, pick up. Stand up, pick up. What are you picking up? The excuse or the thing that's made you comfortable in your illness, in your disease, in that thing that makes you an invalid, pick up your mat. The mat was the thing that made it comfortable for him to stay an invalid. Pick up your mat. Get rid of the excuse. And then the last thing is, Lift up. He went to the temple. First thing that flame man did was go to the temple. 
there to worship and to thank God. Even the spiritual people, the religious people, didn't like it, of course. He said, I don't even know who it was. He just told me, and I'm doing what he said, and I'm walking. Stand up, pick up, lift up. Lord, I want to ask you today to do something here in this place just as a demonstration of your power. I'm asking you, Lord, to do a work, first of all, in me. Because I must say, like, sometimes the, the, it's said in the scripture, I believe, Lord, but help me in my areas of unbelief. Give me faith. Give me more courage to trust you and your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every one of us on an individual less, uh, level today. Let us hear what you say. Let us be willing to get up, to pick up our mat and to just lift you up for your healing. You can look, try to wait for a better time. You're basically saying no. You can scoff at the power of Jesus and remain in your infirmity. Your sin, anger, depression, lostness, rebellion, some kind of bondage, destructive lifestyle. Or you can hear him say, What do you do you really want to be well today? One more verse, and then we're gonna have an invitation. It says in the in the that James wrote, the book of James. Is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? Call some of the elders of the church to pray over you and, and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, he said, confess your sins to each other because much of our illness comes from our sins. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man, and honestly, None of us are righteous except for the blood covering of Jesus. But a prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Lord, have your way. Have your way with us today.